Welcome back, everyone, to yet another Truth Speaks episode. Today, we have a bit of a nostalgic reunion with Natalia and Vlad joining us from the Ukrainian Volunteer Hub, Stockholm. Welcome, guys. Hey, guys. Hello. So, first off, can you please give us a one-year update since your colleague Taras last came on our show last fall? Whatever with the organization, so maybe whatever has changed with the organization, whatever's new in the last year or so? Yeah, so first thing, we have a few new members, myself included. Uh, I, I was a part of a different volunteering organization here in Stockholm before, but then uh, that one closed because we mostly focused on the... Uh, we mostly focused on the people that uh, moved uh, to Stockholm since the beginning of the war and we were helping them out uh, locally. But then we decided that there are just not enough or there are fewer people that need our help and there are yeah. also other organizations here doing that uh, same thing. So we kind of uh, finished our activity and then I still had uh, a lot of free time and decided to join the Ukrainian Volunteer Hub in Stockholm. And then we were looking at Vlad and at some point uh, we thought like, okay, this is a nice volunteer. So we decided like, let's invite him to the like the board, the yeah. main members of the hub. And he's been really helpful since then. So yeah. Also, we have conducted how many? Three? Yeah. Three quizzes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, uh, in cooperation with uh, Kappa Bar, we, we do... They they uh, do the quizzes all the time, and then they basically we decided to try to cooperate and do the charity quiz where we would uh, uh, gather donations for Ukrainian Volunteer Hub for some specific purposes. Last time we collected money for some medicine that we sent to Ukraine, and it was just after the explosion on the Kahovka Dam. and so they needed yeah. a lot of stuff and most of the money from that donation donations they went exactly to this purchase of different things for people of her son region also so we are going to have the next quiz so you are welcome on the 3rd of october uh, you may register as teams yeah and so this is a general quiz where there are all types of questions including with pictures so just like usual quiz as it is but on the breaks we have some auctions where we try to sell things which we purchase from Ukraine. So these are usually different souvenirs, like memorable souvenirs. So it can be quite cool. Yeah. I'm also trying to remember things in the reverse uh, chronological order. So uh, just recently we did uh, also uh, fundraising together with uh, Rotary. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we, uh, we raised some donations to... So it is the, the new school year starting now. So we gathered some... Uh, money to provide for some um, internally displaced uh, kids in Ukraine because they, they also need some supplies. Yeah. Uh, before that, we had the international, um, the Independence Day of Ukraine on 24th of August, and we were also one of the organizations that uh, facilitated the some, some festivities that we had on Serial Story. What else? It's really hard to remember. A lot of time has passed and we actually, we have done a lot, but we're like, okay, what else? Um, like also there were a few moments which were super nice when there were just some people or private companies who organized internal raising of donations in their companies or in their neighborhood. And then they just contacted us and said like, 
here is something like, for example, last time uh, there was a company who collected for us three drones in total. Like they collected money, they purchased yeah. drones, and then they just brought us this. We were like, cool, thank you very <laughs> much. So you would so you would say that your organization has grown and progressed a lot from the last year, like the same time ish. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Natalia says, unfortunately, I would say this is our goal now to grow and uh, become more, to build uh, more of a system yeah. uh, and line up all the processes. So we we are not reactional, but we can act uh, with a longer perspective in mind. So you think you have a bigger reach now as well and you can reach more people? Yeah, for sure, I think that our like social medias are growing as well with the help of some of our new members who are more in charge of the social medias and who are able to create designs and write uh, better posts. And so we are trying to improve it now as well again because uh, currently our language of social media is English and Ukrainian. But uh, with our Facebook page where there are more than 3,000 people, maybe even 4,000 people, I don't know, uh, we know that our audience is mostly Swedish people. So yeah. now we are going to the, uh, like, uh, to the translation into Swedish and have Swedish-English main languages of our social media. But this is not like the easiest for us because, because yeah, we need a person who knows uh, both uh, on the good quality, I mean, like high quality language speakers, both Ukrainian and Swedish, and this is not the easiest way to go. Yeah. Um, so between beyond the language barrier, what other things have your organization, like what problems have you guys come across lately? What are some challenges that you've been experiencing the last year or so? Well, basically, um, all the bureaucracy uh, of the system is a big challenge for us together with uh, having something like a real, uh, not a real, but just a good countable bank account in Sweden. This is mm -hmm. a big challenge because they ask us more documents, more details yeah. and more and more. And so for us also together as non-Swedish speakers, it can be quite difficult to mm -hmm. understand even sometimes like because the translation of some legal terms is not as good as we wished for us just to understand yeah, yeah. what they want from us. Yeah, but uh, also uh, the thing that we just talked about, trying to expand our reach, mm -hmm. it just sounds understood like you think you understand what it means, but then in reality, what are your instruments to do that? Yeah. Uh, trying to find the right audience or more specifically the right approach for different audiences. Yeah. And I, I think it is a constant struggle, but um, we are trying to figure out our ways to deal with it. Yeah, but you think your reach has become bigger now than it was last year? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. It also reminded me, uh, last spring there was a European festival and we were represented there, actually, mm -hmm. together with uh, a couple other Ukrainian organizations. Well done. Where, was it in Sweden? Yeah, yeah, it was in Kulturhuset um, yeah, yeah, yeah. on Serial Story. It was actually a chain of different events and it called Ukrainian-European Spring, so it was the event from European Union uh, government and they decided that the best idea of European Spring yeah. in 2023 uh, is to represent Ukraine. So there were a lot of movies and concerts and in the end there was Ukrainian, let me translate it correctly, Ukrainian National uh, Symphonical Orchestra invited and they were playing like 
Ukrainian music of Ukrainian composers. It was super sweet and it was here in... Uh, in Concert Huset. In Concert Huset, yeah, on Hattorit. And it was great, yeah. Do you think Sweden has, uh, has done a better job since last year in helping and aiding Ukraine and Ukrainians? Or do you think it's kind of died down since last year? Well, uh, the priorities changed. Yeah. And I feel like Sweden is actually... I'm not sure if I can say one of the leaders, yeah. but uh, definitely holding the mark of uh, supporting Ukraine and actually responding to those uh, all, all changing needs. Mm -hmm. So I would say, let's go Sweden. <laughs> yeah, we are super thankful to Swedish people, to Sweden for all the help it provides. And um, in the context of exactly our job, uh, because internationally it is seen much differently. And internationally, we can see that the support is huge on all the levels. Uh, but if we're speaking exactly about uh, Hub's work, I think that uh, it changed a bit itself because at the very beginning, we had a lot of support of usual people, like just locals who came with things or donations or whatever it was. So now it, the focus changed because now we have much more support from, for example, the companies yeah. Because, again, the credentials for us as a charity hub raised and we are more uh, transparent. Mm -hmm. They know that we can be trusted. So now it's more about companies and a bit less about uh, people. Yeah. Do you think do you think Sweden's aid has changed uh, or do you think they do a better job at locally aiding people, like aiding refugees and stuff? Or do you think they do a better job at internationally helping with like sending aid to Ukraine? I, being honest, have nothing to say about the help to uh, refugees. Mm -hmm. I don't know uh, a lot of information. I don't know the exact information. I don't know what to say, if, yeah. so I don't want to lie. <laughs> uh, say, But, uh, of course, internationally, the help is growing, I suppose, also because at the very beginning there still was this scare that it is possible to take Kiev in three days, like, you know, with all that stuff and now when many countries they have faced the fact that we are fighting yeah uh, so we are more also trusted as a country to be given this help from other people yeah uh, so as i mentioned i i was a part of a different organization uh, last, uh, during last year and we mostly focused on the refugees on helping refugees and i would say that uh, even in uh, in Hub, at the beginning when I just joined, there were people coming and asking for some help internally here in uh, Sweden, in yeah. Stockholm. And I think there are these cases are becoming more rare and rare. So this is a non-direct side, non-direct evidence of things maybe improving, or at least the situation changing with the help f uh, for refugees. So then, as a follow-up question to that, actually, have you noticed? Uh, steady reduction in people coming to Sweden? Are there still new families who are coming here? Are there people moving around? And have Ukrainians who've come from Ukraine to Sweden, are they staying here? Or do they plan to return at some point? Well, I sometimes meet different people in the context of some events. And I know that um, statistically, there was uh, a big number of people who left Sweden and they moved to cheaper countries. 
where the life is cheaper like Poland or Slovakia or Czech Republic, just because this is probably not only Ukrainian refugees' problem, but general refugees' problem in Sweden, that when people just come, they face their language barrier and also the super high prices and also the fact that at the very beginning when they have no job and they are trying to find at least something, because I know that a lot of Ukrainian women who came to Sweden They are working in cleaning services. And for many of them, it's a crucial changing in their career because some of them there were like main financials in different uh, places. Like they were uh, working in beauty sphere or in financial sphere, in banking sphere, in technology sphere. And here they come and they don't know anything and they have to go and work as a cleaning service. Yeah. And so but there is still a gap between this moment when they start their first job and the moment when they arrived and during this period of time they receive money from the government and as far as I know I'm not sure for 100% you need to check after me but as far as I know this is 80 crowns per day for one person. Okay. Can you imagine surviving? Yeah. And they don't get and then they don't get living in other benefits as well they only get that So uh, for Ukrainian people, anyway, the situation is a bit better than okay. for other refugees because uh, in many regions, including Stockholm, uh, the, uh, for example, SL mm -hmm. is free of charge, at least for now. Okay. And also because they are able to receive this number, like person number, but for refugees it is called some different... Do you remember how it is called? Vlad? Some... Some Ocknings number. Oh, yeah, thank you. Okay. And so it gives the possibility to have some benefits from the system, but yeah. also it is still impossible for them to open the bank account, for example. And of course, you cannot uh, reach a doctor. Yeah. So you cannot register to 1177 with these documents. It is impossible. So so then the refugees don't benefit from the free healthcare and, and free education and stuff? Or do they? Probably only the school children, yeah. because they must go to school, and for them the education is free of charge. Uh, if we're speaking about accommodation, being honest, I am not really sure. I know that there is some kind of free accommodation, and also a lot of people who uh, agreed to go to the nurse of the country, they also got there and uh, work in places more often than here in Stockholm, and they got the accommodation as well. But then uh, on the brighter side... It's been uh, over a year and a half. So first, the refugees, they learned ways how Sweden works. And then also all the people working with refugees here in Sweden, they also learned some new approaches or ways to deal with uh, common problems. So in this regard, I would say there is a progress. And also the biggest progress probably of this year is the opportunity for Uh, refugees in uh, Ukrainian refugees in some regions to learn Swedish through SFI. Do you think there's any other countries that Sweden should take example of that are doing a better job than Sweden is, or do you think? Well, to answer this question, we would have to actually have some data, and uh, yeah, yeah which, which is not something that we we have, and our answers will probably not be uh, not have any expertise in yeah. them. Okay. Yeah, so in general, from my friends who are not refugees, but they are living in other countries mm -hmm. and they experience this from like from some friends and relatives, 
No. In general, there is no country which we can say, this one is the best example, follow them. Because this situation, let's be honest, this situation is unexpected for any country. This is the kind of experience which Europe hasn't had for a long time. Yeah. Do you think the do you think the general just awareness or care for the war and refugees has kind of died down because it was really heightened like at the start? Do you think the awareness about it has kind of died down the past year two years or not really? I would say yes. I would say no. Uh, okay, uh, I judge by my colleagues. I yeah. would say again, uh, there are different reasons why that could have happened, but I would say they. I'm not sure if they are interested less, but yeah. they know less for sure. I would say no, because I suppose that in general, if we're speaking about the war, people have seen what what actually can happen when the war is going on. And especially those countries they who share the same neighbor, for example, Sweden yeah. shares the same neighbor as we do. Uh, they became more aware in the context of military uh, awareness and tactical awareness because uh, I know that, for example, Ukrainian combat uh, medical staff comes to Sweden for training. And I know that this is not only one side cooperation, but this is an extreme experience for paramedics in Sweden too because they say we have never seen this before and we need to learn, we want to be ready, we want to be prepared. And the same was with uh, some other structures I cooperated with, for example, Vaza Museum. Uh, there, was, um, there was a group of Ukrainian scientists from uh, Hortitsa Island. This is a big island on Dnipro River and they um, have uh, faced the rage of the war and they had to prepare all the museum collections to move them. So Swedish museums, they are interested in this preparation too. They want to know how to be ready. So they ask these people, how, what was the plan, how you saved, how you moved, so on, so on. So I think that maybe for one person, it can be, not, it can be true that the awareness of one single person became less. But if we're speaking about the governments in general, I think the awareness is now higher than it was before. Oh yes, I agree completely. I was mostly talking about uh, day-to-day events. Yeah. Um, as far as your aid that goes to Ukraine, what is the process of getting it there and how do you assure that it gets to the right place? Do you have a say in like, I want this thing to go here or is it someone else's responsibility to take care of it once it gets there? I would say we usually start with trying to figure out the needs and uh, sp- some specific requests from a specific uh, organizations or units uh, in Ukraine. Then we also, we are in tight cooperation with the Ukrainian scouts. Um, And obviously, because they have a lot of contacts and they are all over Ukraine, so they they have the situation, they definitely can read the room. Uh, And then we, based on that knowledge of what is needed and how can it be distributed, we try to uh, find the way to get things to Ukraine. And then afterwards, we rely a bit on the local volunteers and Ukrainian scouts. 
But also in general, if we are speaking about the way of how people in Ukraine can get our help, we are usually working upon requests. So uh, if there is some organization or some party who wants to receive the help from us, they send us the official request where they have the list of needs and we analyze this list of needs and we say we can do this or we can't do this. And in this case, uh, this must be the registered organization. So there is some special social number, number which we uh, must have from them to check whether they do exist. Because from our side, we also want to know that this aid goes to some places and some people who really need it and that it's not being traded, for example, somewhere on the market. So this is our interest too. Do you, what what do you think the needs are or what do you, how do you think they've changed since last year? Are there bigger, are there different needs this year than there were last year or have they just kind of stayed the same? And also in general, are people receiving the things that they need or are there things that are just being ignored and other things that are being misallocated? Okay, so I suppose that uh, comparing with the very beginning, uh, the need in some basic things like clothing, for example, it went down because there are big hubs in Poland who, which receive a lot of clothing and can spread it more. Uh, but on the other hand, there are more and more damaged houses, territories. So people are in need of some basic hygiene things and medicine. So in this context, it changed a little bit. Yes, definitely. Uh, the need for medical things and uh, rehabilitation equipment, it definitely arises and we are trying to respond to that. So I would say in general, in terms of progress in the world, what would you say is going well and what is going poorly at the moment? Excuse me? So in, in the process of you guys getting things to Ukraine, how is the distribution? Is it going well at the moment or would you say that in general the system is lacking? Yeah, I suppose that uh, it could be better. There is always the way to make something better, but it could be worse. So that's why we're lucky with what we have. And in general, we found some reliable organizations and reliable volunteers who we trust too. And we know that they will take things and they will bring things to the people and places they that are needed most. And we have even volunteers who constantly go to the uh, frontline zones where still there are civilian people who are living, don't want to leave, have no possibility to leave, but there is nothing, there is no food, there is no pharmacy, and they need all this stuff. So there are even that kind of volunteers who go to the front line. So do you, do you think the biggest or the most common supply you need is medical equipment? Is that the biggest supply that you guys need? I suppose like hygiene, medical equipment, tactical medical equipment are also in the huge need. So, yeah. Uh, at least this is what we try to focus on now because we, I guess we are not that big yet to try to, to find a solution for every existing problem. Yeah. So we try to focus mostly on medicine, uh, medical equipment, tactical medicine, uh, also obviously some... Uh, hygiene products and uh, we have we found a, a reliable uh, partner in uh, Erudit which mm -hmm. is the kids center in Ukraine and we also try to to help them in in their operations so how are you guys trying to scale how are you trying to get bigger and how are you trying to be able to take on more things as well, an organization yeah uh, mostly trying to find new contacts uh, 
we're trying to start partnerships with different companies that can help us more, more systematically uh, and on, on a bigger scale than just, uh, just people that have some empathy in them. Yeah, and with bigger volumes, and yeah. we we also try to find more capable logistics to get it to Ukraine. And yeah, this is how we get the scale. And also one of the future, I wouldn't say the priorities, but plans for the future is to create more events of different kinds, like social events, cultural events, which will also help us reach more audience and more people, um, as well as connecting with the companies and uh, probably with some, um, let's say, uh, ex-politics, former politics in Sweden, and because there are a couple of different protests which are organized by Swedish people for Swedish people, and these are also good places to find uh, new connections. So what do you think the biggest struggles are with finding new connections and with finding new partners? What's the What's the hardest part about it? Well, I would say that we don't have any let's say experts or extremely fluent people in swedish okay. and this is this is a bit of a struggle now but uh, we are we are all working on that let's yeah. say yeah we're all working and also sometimes there's like simple cultural differences that uh, i know that uh, ukrainian people are considered to be like grumpy faced we are always like we're working super serious uh, but uh, we're really open-minded and easygoing. Yeah. While here, people are more smiley, I would say, but much less easygoing. It's hard to have the tight connections as quickly as we can do this at home. Yeah. So what in your community, would you say it's mainly Ukrainian people that are helping out? Since you don't have anyone who's like fluent in Swedish, like what would you say? The majority of people, where do they come from? If we're speaking about volunteers, 99.9% yeah. of our volunteers are Ukrainian. Wow. But if we're speaking about the donors, yeah. then it's the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But then, see, how do you guys find the donors? And are these donors consistent donors? Or are they people who literally come one time and they're out for good? I would say we have, uh, it is 50-50. We have some people that are systematically coming to us with their donations uh, monthly or I don't know all the time uh, or some people that just learned about us last week last month doesn't matter and they they feel it in their heart that they want to help us and yeah. then they come try to figure out our needs and then sometimes they even try to organize some some donation gatherings in their communities and then come to us again and also, of course, like social medias, the, it spreads the word a lot. So we are very active and consistent on social medias, including like everything, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. And also LinkedIn helps a lot with finding new like, company connections, as well as our Ukrainian people who have been here for a long time. And so they come to their companies and they try to reach people in their companies. And uh, quite often it is really helpful. Do you guys have any requirements on the volunteers that you want? Or can anyone, can literally anyone come volunteer? Or do you want specific people who have specific skills to come? Oh, well, ideally we would need a way to communicate with that person. So yeah. knowing at least one of the languages that we speak is, is a good thing. But yeah. again, just come to us and we'll try to figure something out. 
And you guys don't have an age requirement or anything either? Like teenagers can come help and adults can come help? Yeah, actually we we have some teenagers who come and help and adults and uh, elderly people. So it doesn't matter that much. So then how can we get people from our school, for example, to come and most effectively help out and get involved in your cause? Uh, We have our uh, Telegram channel where we weekly post the number of volunteers needed and there is the form which you can uh, submit and this is how we know how many volunteers want to come and this is how people know how many volunteers are in need and so you can come and help on Sunday like we are working on Sundays now and from 2 to 6 and you can come and help us with different things. And even if there is not much work, we always have our uh, camouflage nets. So there are people who are waving camouflage nets. And so you can always do something like this too. Yeah. And then another way would be to uh, try to organize, to collect some donations from your community, from your circle, let's say, and then come to us with those we will definitely say thank you, take a couple photos, yeah. give you some attention on our social media. As well as sometimes we uh, need uh, people who can come and help us with spreading the leaflets uh, on different events. And sometimes we need the urgent help with just like physical labor yeah. when we need to load or upload the car. As far as what you can do to get involved, in this episode's description we will have all the information that you can follow to get involved, to help out, to donate, and to send to other people to help out as well. So you can become a part of the volunteer organization. But as for now, we'd like to thank you guys both for coming on. Natalia and Vlad, thank you. Thank you for inviting us. This is the second time. We're super happy to come the third time as well. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you very much. <laughs>